Um, Hebrews chapter 11, first six verses is where we're going to be at today. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken... He was commended as having pleased God, and without faith it is impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. Father in heaven, I thank you for the opportunity to have the Word of God before us. I pray, Jesus, that by your Holy Spirit you would give us the ability to interpret it, to understand it, to apply it, to live it. And God, we ask today that you would stir up our faith, that you grow our faith, build our faith, God. Lord, we ask that you would um, be present here today. And Lord, that that you would um, have your way in each of our hearts. God, that we might see you more clearly, that we might see your glory and trust you more fully. And Father, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. What I would like to do today is uh, kind of do a little introduction sermon, I guess you could say, to Hebrews chapter 11. It's a really important chapter in the book of Hebrews, and so uh, I thought what we might do today is cover some of the main principles in, in, in really verse 1 and verse 6, and then beginning next week, we're going to look at uh, various characters in Hebrews chapter 11. And if I could kind of set up for you uh, how Hebrews 11 fits into the book of Hebrews. Do you remember my chair illustration? Remember that from uh, about three weeks ago when we were in Hebrews 7, 8, and 9? Uh, we had this little rickety uh, chair that I built, which is really scary, right? It just had one leg on it. It's not a good chair at all. And that, that kind of was, that, that illustrated trying to get to Jesus, trying to get to God on your own, okay? By your own good works, all right? And you, you can kind of try and you can kind of make, you know, be religious, but you, you can't get there, right? And really what the, Hebrew, the book of Hebrews is doing in, verses, in chapter 7, 8, and 9 is it's, it's pulling out, if you will, follow this illustration, a really good chair, okay? And it's saying, man, look, look at this chair. You can sit in this thing. I mean, man, it will hold you, okay? And really in Hebrews 7, 8, and 9, that's what he's doing uh, about Jesus. He's saying, look, Jesus is a better high priest. He has a better covenant. Uh, he is a better intercessor. Uh, Jesus is, is better in every way. You can trust Jesus. You can depend on Jesus. You, you, Jesus is better in every way than your works religion, okay? Now, Hebrews 11 is, is kind of using the same illustration. It would be like uh, someone coming in and saying, hey, let, let me show you all the people that have sat in this chair, okay? You know, look, look at all the people that have sat in this chair. Look at all the people that have sat in this chair and said, man, this thing held me up. Man, I, I got a good nap in that chair. Man, that was a great chair, you know? That's really relaxing. I didn't want to get out of that chair, okay? In the same way, Hebrews chapter 11 is saying, look at all the people that have put their trust in Jesus, Okay? Look at all the people who through all the difficulties and struggles and trials and, and, and stuff of life, who, how they lived in faith in Christ, and look at what God did. Look at what God did in their life. 
Okay? Have you ever been to a restaurant before and they had a bunch of pictures up on the wall of people who had eaten in the restaurant? You ever seen that before? What are they trying to do? They're trying to tell you, hey, this is a great place, right? Look at all these people. You know, they loved it. Look how he's smiling. He got barbecue sauce on his chin. You know, he, he really liked it. This was great. Okay? In the same way, Hebrews 11 is giving us this, this hall of fame of people who have trusted God, who put their faith in God, okay? So that's kind of how it fits in the book of Hebrews. Now, what I would like to do, first of all, is give you a little bit of, a, of an introduction to faith, okay? Uh, the reason I feel like I need to do this is because faith is a word that's thrown around all the time in our culture. When someone says, I have faith, don't, don't assume that they mean what Hebrews 11 means, okay? Uh, the reason I know that is because I've, I've had people tell me lots of times, I have faith in myself. Have you ever heard someone say that? I have faith in myself, you know? Well, okay, whatever that means, it does not mean what Hebrews 11 means, all right? Uh, Because faith is only as good as what you have faith in, okay? Faith is only as good as the object of your faith, okay? So if if you have faith in yourself or faith in destiny or faith in fate or faith in whatever, okay, that's a very different thing than having faith in, in, in the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? Faith in God, okay? That, 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 that is a solid foundation because here's what faith in God is. Faith, the faith of Hebrews 11 is talking about faith in the character and the word of God. Two big things there. The character of God, who he is, and what he has said, okay? Biblical faith is always tied to those two things, the character of God and the word of God. So let me give you an illustration. Let's say that I'm out on a, uh, uh, a boat in the ocean, okay? I'm out on a boat in the ocean, and we come into this horrific storm, okay? This terrible storm, and the boat is, is cracking apart, and the, the sail is collapsed, and water's coming in. And let's say that I gather my family together, and I say, guys, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Just have faith. We're all going to be okay. We're all going to be saved. Just have faith. Okay, now, now you have to ask, what exactly do I mean by that? What kind of faith is that, okay? Now, It could be, a lot of people would say that, and what they would mean by that is, hey, I have faith in this ship. You know, this is a good boat. I checked it out before we we left on this cruise, man. This is a good boat. It's seaworthy, man. You can't sink. It's like the Titanic. You can't sink it. This is a great boat, all right? So you might have faith in the boat, okay? What you might mean is, hey, man, I I have faith in the crew, Man, this, this captain, he has been through lots of storms. He's been through lots of hurricanes. Man, this guy knows what he's doing. I have, I have faith in the captain. I have faith in the crew. You could just simply mean, hey, I have faith in faith. Okay, I have faith in, you know, just, I just tell myself all the time, it's going to be okay, and it's going to be okay. You know, a lot of people live that way. It's just kind of faith in this. Okay, now let me tell you, none of those are biblical faith. Okay, do you understand what I'm saying? None of those are what the Bible's talking about in Hebrews chapter 11 when it talks about the men of faith. That's not what it's talking about. Why? Because biblical faith is grounded in what? The character of God and the word of God, okay? So if you're not talking about the character of God or the word of God, then you don't really have faith, okay? Now let me give you an, uh, uh, an illustration of someone who is in a shipwreck to whom have biblical faith, okay? Acts 27 is about the Apostle Paul. He's on his way to Rome. He's a prisoner, and he's on a boat, and he's in the ocean, and they have this horrific storm, okay? So this horrific storm blows up, and the ship is falling apart, and even the crew, even the captain, everybody's lost hope. Man, everybody's given up. We're going to die, and we can't make it out of this. They've jettisoned the cargo. They've thrown everything overboard. They've thrown the tackle over. You know, the sailors even tried to escape on a life. I mean, this is just bad news, okay? But Paul has faith that everybody's going to be okay. Now, why does Paul have faith? 
Let me read you why, okay? I'm glad you asked that question. That's a great question. Why does he have faith? All right, let me tell you why. Acts 27, verses 23 through 25. Here we go. For this very night there stood before me an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar, and behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Verse 25, so take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. Oh, you see that? I have faith in who? In God, the God I serve, the God I worship, that it will be exactly as he said to me, his word, okay? So, so you see, biblical faith... Paul is exercising it right there, is in the word of God and the character of God. Okay, that's always the way that biblical faith works. Now, let me, let me tell you the sequence of faith. Okay, let's talk about that because I think that's important. We're going to bring it up over and over again uh, through this, this chapter. Uh, the sequence of faith, I believe, is this. A person hears the word of God, okay? So that could be you, you, you're reading your Bible, could be you're having your quiet time, could be you're hearing a sermon, could be, you know, just, just something tied to the word of God, okay? Faith always is initiated, first of all, by understanding, knowing, hearing the word of God, reading the word of God, okay? So you hear the word of God, you believe the word of God, and then you act upon the word of God. Okay, you got those three? You hear the word, you believe the word, you act upon the word. If you take any one of those out of the sequence, you don't have biblical faith, okay? You don't have, if you don't hear the word of God, okay? So if you just wake up one morning and you say, you know what, I do believe I'm gonna be a rich man and own all kinds of businesses, okay? Uh, all right, great, that's a great aspiration. Go to it, get after it, you know. We hope you're a big giver. All right, that's great, go, go do it, okay? But we don't have any kind of assurance that that's really gonna happen, why? Because that just came out of your own head, right? You, you don't have that from the word of God, right? So, so you take out hearing from the word of God, you don't have faith, okay? So let's say you hear God's word, so let's say you believe it, you hear a promise, you read a promise, but let's say you don't believe it. Let's say you're like, eh, I'm just not sure. Okay, you don't have biblical faith, right? So you hear the word of God, you believe the word of God, or you say you believe it anyway, but let's say there's no action, there's no response. Is that really biblical faith? No, you gotta, you gotta, there's got to be a response. You have all those three. Hear the word of God, believe the word of God, respond to the word of God. If you don't have a response, do you really believe? Next week, we're going to be looking at Noah. Let's just say Noah hears the word of God. I'm going to flood the earth. Everything, everything's going to be destroyed. The only way to be saved is for you to be in an ark. Here's the dimensions. Build the thing. Okay? Noah hears the word of God. And Noah says to his family, guys, I heard the word of God, and I believe it. But let's say he doesn't pick up his hammer. He didn't pick up his saw. He didn't get his tape measure. He didn't start building. Let me ask you a question. Did he believe? No, he did not, okay? Something went wrong there. He, he didn't, because faith is hearing the word of God, believing the word of God, and acting on the word of God. And, the re, and, and because of that, the result of that is that faith is gonna be intensely practical. As we read through this chapter in the next month, man, you're gonna see that faith caused people to become shipbuilders and it caused people to, to, to leave their country and to, and to change their citizenship and to give up their inheritance and all kinds of, of practical nuts and bolts life issues are gonna come about from faith. Faith is intensely practical. It's gonna change your life, okay? You start believing God's word and resting upon it, it's gonna change your life. So let's begin in verse one. Here we go. Let's begin in verse one. We're gonna talk about and lay a foundation for biblical faith. Verse one says this. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. All right, let's take that in two halves here. Let's take the first part. 
Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The assurance of things hoped for. All right, now what, what exactly does that mean? Well, okay, assurance is being certain of something, all right? It's having, having a, a strong feeling, ex- conviction, experience that something is a reality, okay? That's what assurance is, all right? The word is an interesting word. In fact, it's translated really different in lots of different translations of the Bible. And that's because it's so rich a word in the Greek language that they we're having a hard time putting it in our English language. But, but if you've if you got the King James Version, one of the ways it translates it there is faith is the, uh, the substance of things hoped for. Substance. Now you're like, well, where do they get substance? Well, hey, let, let, me, let me show you where I think they get that. Hebrews chapter 1. By the way, I've, I've, I've went through what I'm about to go through in both the other services, and I, I just think this is one of the best things about Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, okay? But nobody has been really impressed yet. I don't think. It doesn't look like it from looking at people. So I'm counting on my third service to, to really be like, wow, try to be like blown away, okay? I'll, I'll kind of key you. I'll, I'll tell you when, okay, in just a second, all right? So Hebrews chapter 1, um, verse 3, okay? So it's talking about Jesus, all right? He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. Okay, it's talking about Jesus, and it says Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God, and Jesus is the exact imprint of his nature. You see that word nature in your Bible? That's the same word as Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, assurance or substance, okay? So so when it says faith is the assurance, faith is the substance of things hoped for, that's the word right there. That's the same Greek word, that word that's that's translated nature. Okay, so here's what I want to do. Let's look and see how it's translated here in Hebrews Hebrews 1.3, and then we'll apply it to Hebrews 11.1, all right? So how's it translated here? Well, here it says that Jesus is the exact imprint of, of the nature of God. Okay, now, what does that mean? Well, if you believe in the Trinity, right? Jesus is God, right? God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, one God, all right? So Jesus is he's the same substance, if you will, uh, 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 the same character, nature of God. All right, and here, here's where it gets really fun. When people, when people, let's say with Peter, John, James, the disciples, when they walked with Jesus, what, what were they experiencing? They were experiencing God, weren't they? They were experiencing the character of God. They were experiencing the love of God and the grace of God and the glory of God and the patience of God and the, and, and the wisdom of God. They were experiencing God, right? I mean, that's awesome. Now, they weren't in the presence of God the Father, but they were in the presence of Jesus. And in the presence of Jesus, they were getting some of the, the nature of God. They were experiencing it, right? Okay, so. Here comes Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says, faith is the assurance. It's the substance of things that we hope for. Okay, stop right there. Stop right there. Okay, think, think, think with me here. What are the things that we hope for? Well, the promises of God, right? Hope is a confident expectation of the good things to come. Hadn't God told us a whole bunch of great promises in the word of God, right? I mean, I mean beginning with things like Romans 8.28, that God's gonna work all things together for good. You know, that everything in my life, painful, pleasant, hard, difficult, it's all working together, this one glorious end where Jesus is gonna be exalted in victory and we're all gonna be gathered together in the new heavens and the new earth. I mean, that's coming, all right? That's coming. So, so we have all this great stuff that we hope for, but it's not here yet. And so what do we do? Well, it's not here yet. Do we sulk? Do we, ah, Jesus said it was coming, but it's not here again today, you know? No, what do we do? By faith, by faith, we have an assurance of things hoped for. We get get a taste of it now. How? How do we taste it now? By faith. You see that? 
So, so faith gives us a substance. That, remember how that word is translated in the, in the King James Version? Faith is the, uh, uh, the substance of things hoped for. Okay, so, so, so the things that we hope for, the, 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 the encouragement, the blessing they give, we get a little bit of that now through faith, right? Think, think, about, think about the experience of, of when you get what you hope for. I uh, had a lady at Fifth Street this morning just had a baby, it was the first time, you know, kind of back, family was there. Um, I'm not sure if she was there. Anyway, their family was there. And so I pointed, pointed their family out and I said, you know, when, when this lady, you know, she was waiting for nine months and she had a really hard pregnancy. She was sick a bunch, okay? But, but when you're, you're pregnant and you're waiting for that baby, you're hoping. What are you hoping for? You're hoping the baby comes out, right? You don't want to live that way forever, right? You're hoping the baby comes out, you know, and you get hold that healthy, beautiful baby, right? Isn't that cool? There's a hope there. And, and think about this. Think about the, the experience of, of having that baby, and then they hand that baby, and, and she's beautiful, and she's healthy, and she's just perfect. Okay, what are you feeling right then? What, what are you feeling right then? Right? right? There's a satisfaction there, right? There's, there's a blessing. There's an encouragement. There's a comfort, right? Okay, so, so it says faith is the assurance of things hoped for. So we don't have heaven yet. It's still coming. Interestingly enough, Romans 8 says the earth is in labor pains. Same, same, kind, of, same kind of imagery there. Uh-huh, uh-huh, right? Now's the part when you start to get really impressed, right? So isn't this cool? All right, so it's coming. It's coming for us, right? It's not here yet. Ed, heaven's not here yet. But Ed, you can taste. You, you, can, get a, you can get a taste of it to come, right? How? By faith. By faith. That's what faith is. Faith enables us to grab on to that, that good stuff that's coming, all right? Do we know that heaven is coming for us? Yes, we do. And so we can taste some of that now. How? I can be comforted. I can be encouraged, right? I can be strengthened. Is, that, is by faith I see and grab hold of what's coming, what, the things that I hope for. I love that. Let's, 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 let's play this out. So, uh, Romans 8, 28, is it the word of God or not? It is, right? Okay, and, and Romans 8, 28 says, uh, this is a summary, uh, that God's working all, thing together, all things together for good to those who love him, right? That's what Romans 8, 28 says. I talked to my dad on the phone this morning. He's a farmer in western Kansas. Um, lost most of his crop last year to drought. Uh, got his chisel out this last week and began to chisel his ground to keep it from blowing away. The topsoil is blowing off of it. It's been drier in my dad's county um, in the last two years than it has than it was at the height of the Dust Bowl. Okay, so I mean it's it is a serious issue. Um, supposed to get rain last night. I'm talking to my dad early this morning. He as he's going outside with a flashlight to see if they got any rain. It was kind of cloudy, sprinkling a little bit when they went to bed. He grabs the rain gauge. He said, I turned it upside down. He said, well, son, I think there was a drop that came out. <laughs> he thought, well, maybe the rain gauge has a hole in it. So he went over to my mom's garden. He put his finger down in the dirt. He said, no. He said, we didn't get any. Okay, so my dad loves God. He's a, he's a believer. Uh, he stayed when he was 28, when I was eight. Radically changed. Been living for Jesus ever since. So what should my dad think about Romans eight twenty eight? God's working all things together for good. Okay, as he looks around his farm, what's he asking? <clears throat> God, how is this good, right? I don't feel good about this, right? If you just look with physical eyes, you're like, how's this good, God? I don't see nothing good here. My, my topsoil is blowing away, right? I, I, I may lose my income again this year. God, I don't see anything good here. Okay, 
But what if you look by faith? You see what faith does? Faith is able to, to look forward to, to the word of God, Romans 8, 20, that God is working all this together for good. And, and my dad can grab hold of that by faith. And that can be the substance, the assurance of things hoped for. He, he can know, you know what, God's working this together. And he can be comforted today, today, can't he? By faith, he can, he can have a sense of peace. He can have a sense of, you know what, God's good. He's working it out. He's going to take care of me. Why? Because the word of God said he's going to take care of me, Right? Do you, do you see what faith does? Faith gives you a little, a little taste test, okay, of what's to come. Maybe this, I think I'm going to use that in this third service. You guys will get that. I've been to your small groups, all right? Uh, you know when your mom's making the big dinner, you know, and she gives you a little, ap- little taste of what's to come? Okay, that's what faith does. Faith enables you to grab on and, and experience what's coming for us in Christ. Right? So, so all these great things that the Bible tells us that we're joined to Jesus, we're forgiven forevermore, we have the riches of Christ and an eternal inheritance and a coming kingdom and, and all of those things adopted in the family of God. I know we can't see those physically, but we're able to grab onto them by faith and, 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 and appropriate them and, and experience the comfort and the joy and the encouragement of them even before they're here. I really like uh, Hebrews 11, uh, 13. We'll get to this here in a few weeks, but it says, These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar. I think that's a cool picture. Greeted them from afar, okay? It's like, it's like the promises weren't there yet, and so, so what does Abraham do? What does Moses do? They, they step out the front door of their life, and they, they're able to shake hands with the promises that are coming. Hey, nice to meet you, man. I can't wait till you get here. It's really great to ha- ha- you know, get, get, get to meet you by faith. And to know that these things are coming. Okay, so, first of all, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Second of all, okay, second part of verse 1. It's a conviction of things not seen, okay? What is a conviction? It's being convinced of something. You guys got convictions, right? You're, you're convinced of something. You have a conviction of the things that are not seen, okay? Uh, again, this word's translated different places. Uh, evidence. Uh, one of the translations translates the evidence. The evidence of things not seen, okay? Now, now in, order, in order for me to step out and respond, I need to have some evidence, some conviction about things, right? Like, like let's just say that one of you, as you're going through the line, you know, shaking my hand, going out the door today after the service, let's say one of you says, hey, Pastor Jason, your, your house is on a sinkhole. And, and you remember the house in Florida a couple years ago? You know, the guy's sleeping in his bed. Poof! You know, there he goes right down. That's going to happen to you. Okay, now I'll just be real honest with you. I'm looking around. None of you look like you know anything about sinkholes. I just, I'm just saying. I mean, I, that, that's my initial impression. So, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna change anything. You know what I'm gonna do after the fourth service? I'm gonna go home. My wife's making chicken, and I'm gonna eat chicken at my dining table. Okay, and, and I'm not gonna worry about it because I don't have any conviction or evidence that my house is on a sinkhole. Okay, now. If I go home, and I just pull up in the driveway, and my house is like this, okay? All right, we're probably not going in there, all right? We're, we're probably, we're probably going to go out, right? Because I would have a conviction. I would have an evidence. I would have something that would, would give me a firm resolve that that's, that's not a good place to be, okay? If I'm, if I'm out, my wife's getting lunch ready, and I'm out in the backyard playing, playing ball with Snickers, which, by the way, never happens, but this illustration. <laughs> playing ball with Snickers. I throw the ball, Snickers goes after it, and, you know, woo, 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 you know, boof, just disappears. Like just the ground opens up, bam, right down, you know, woo, 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 all the way down, okay? 
that, if that happens, we are grabbing the tent and we're going to Bowling Springs, all right? We are not living in that house, okay? That would, be, that would give me a conviction about it. And I would, I would get out, I would act. All right, so what does faith do? Friends, what does faith do? Faith is the evidence of things not seen. It's a conviction about things not seen. There's a bunch of stuff in the Bible that's not, it's not seen yet, right? It's not here yet. Or sometimes it's just it's not readily seen with physical eyes. And so what happens is, is that if people don't live by faith, they don't adjust their life, okay? Let me give you an example of that. The judgment of God. The judgment of God. The coming judgment of Almighty God. Is it real? Well, if, if you ask people who are not people of faith in the Bible, they're going to say, nah, I don't see it. Where's the fire? I don't see any fire coming. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't hear any, any, any screams of the damned being thrown into the lake of fire. I don't smell sulfur. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see any of that happening around me. I look outside. It's a nice day. It's blue sky. You know, we got a little rain last night. That's all I see. Okay, but here's what I'm telling you, and I think many of you would say the same thing. I am completely convinced. I am completely convicted, okay, that there is a judgment of God coming. So much so that I, I, I share the gospel with my children. And I, I build a foundation in their life because I'm convinced that's coming. And if you're not connected to faith, my faith in Jesus Christ, then you're, you're going to experience the judgment of God. But it's unseen, right? It's unseen. A couple years ago when the tornado hit Woodward, that was, that was something that you could physically see and hear if you were looking, right? We were close enough, we could hear it, right? And, and, and so when people see, hear that stuff, what do they do? They, they, they respond, right? Some people go down their basement. Some people get their camcorder, you know? Some, some people respond in different ways, but they respond. Okay, but there's a lot of people that are not responding to the judgment of God. They're living exactly like they lived before. There's no difference in their life. Why? Because they do not see it by faith. The Bible says that faith is a conviction of things not seen. We're able to see the truths of God through faith. Now, now my friends, this, this applies to everything in the Scriptures. Everything. Everything. Okay? Because when you embrace it by faith, you begin to see by faith. You begin to you, you, you begin to see the truths of God and, and respond to them by faith. Let, let me give you just a couple examples. I just picked a couple random kind of far apart examples uh, just to show you how broadly this applies. One is out of the book of Proverbs. Now, the book of Proverbs is not known to be a book that, you know, it's full of like promises. I mean, it's full of these basically wisdom truths, okay? But they're truths from God. And, and let me read you uh, one. I, I picked one out here, Proverbs 5. Um, verse 3, 4, and 5. It's about adultery. This whole section in Proverbs is about adultery. And it says in verse 3, For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps follow the path of Sheol. Okay, now, now who is the forbidden woman? Well, if you're married, that's pretty easy. Okay? Look at your wife. Okay? Everybody else is the forbidden woman, all right? Everybody but the one you just looked at, all right? So, so for me, okay, everybody but Emma is the forbidden woman in the sense of me pursuing a relationship with him, okay? Does that make sense? That, 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 that is what the Bible's talking about here in Proverbs chapter 4 is adultery. So for me to pursue that kind of relationship with anybody but my wife would, would mean that's a forbidden woman. Now, now here's, here's the deal. If, if you're not looking by faith, 
okay? If you're not looking by faith, and girls, you, ladies, you apply this to, to for the forbidden man, I guess. If you're not looking by faith, what might you see in somebody else? Well, you might see, man, they look like they would be a great spouse. And they, boy, they look like they would be, you know, great one to have a relationship. Well, that looks exciting. That looks really thrilling. That looks, man, that, that's just what I need. Man, that would, that would really make my life complete. That would really make me happy. Okay, that's what you might see if you just look with sight, okay? But if you believe the truths of God's word, then no matter what that person looks like, what is, it, what is it really? By faith, we see that that relationship would be bitter and misery and end in Sheol, right? Do you see, you see that? I mean, it's grabbing on to the truths of God and seeing it and experiencing it by faith. Let me give you another one. How about uh, Acts 20, verse 35? It says it's blessed, more blessed to give than to receive. Okay, who said that? Jesus said that. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, if you're just looking with physical eyes, is that, is that the case, you know? If, if you just got a new car, is it more blessed? Is there more happiness in giving that car away and you still got to make the payments? Or is there more blessing in someone giving you a new car? Uh-huh. If you're looking by physical eyes, what is, what's the answer to that question? It's more blessed for someone to give to me than for me to give, okay? However, if we believe what the Bible says, if we, if we are convinced that Jesus is faithful and that his word is true, then I am able to see the unseen. What is the unseen in that verse? The unseen in that verse is that if I will have a heart of generosity, if I will have a heart of giving, if I will have a heart that says I want to bless people and I want to, I want to share the gospel with people and I want, to, I want to invest in their lives and give to them, I want to be a giver, not a taker, and that through that I will be more blessed. Okay, but you only see that by faith, right? Faith is able to see the unseen. By faith, we're able to even look back. Notice verse three. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. How was the world created? How did it happen? You know, which one of you was there? Let's see, who is the oldest here? Which one of you was there when the world was created? Well, I think we're all out, aren't we? We're all out on that. Nobody was there. Nobody was there when the world came into existence. So how do we know how it happened? Well, I mean, it's not that we don't have evidence. We do have evidence. If we look at Romans 1 and we look at Psalm 19, 1, we see that the Bible tells us, just look around, man. Look around at the world all around us and everything about it says there's a creator, okay? But how do we know that it got here? Well, Hebrews says we know it because we can look back by faith and know that everything came about by the word of God. It came about by the spoken word of God. God said, let there be light and there was light. God said, you know, let, let, let the, the firmament apart and, and the waters above and the waters beneath and dry land and the animals and the, and the insects and the birds and, and all of that was created by the word of God. It was came into being by that which was not in being, okay? So it was spoken into existence. God created it by his own word and we're able to look back and know that. We're able to see the unseen by faith. Look at verse two. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. You see that word Commendation. That's a significant word in this chapter. It's used here in verse 2. It's used two times in verse 4. It's used again in verse 5. It's used again in verse 39. It basically means divine approval. Okay, now here's where we make our transition into, into verse 6. The Bible is going to tell us very strongly here in verse 6 that without faith it's impossible to please God. Okay? So if you're going to receive your commendation from God, if you're going to be right with God, if you're going to have divine approval, it's only going to come by faith. Now, look, look at verse 6 again. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. I want you to dwell on that word impossible. You know what impossible means? It's never once happened in the history of the world, okay? 
Never once in the history of all humanity has anybody been pleasing to God apart from faith. Okay? Man, you know what that tells me first? Let me stop right there. That tells me that faith is the big issue in my life. Okay? Whether or not I have a heart of faith toward God, that's what's got to happen. Because without that, it doesn't matter good works I do. It doesn't matter how religious I am. Because it, apart from faith, I cannot please God. It's impossible to please God apart from a heart of faith. The only thing that pleases God from me is, is when I react, when I respond, when I approach Him in faith. Okay, now why is that so? Well, verse 6 tells us, verse 6 tells us, without faith it's impossible to please Him for... Whoever would draw near to God must, two things here, number one, believe that he exists, and number two, that he rewards those who seek him. Let's, let's deal with the first one. Number one is that if you don't approach God in a heart of faith, you are living as if he does not exist, okay? Now, now a heart of faith comes to God and says, God, you're the most important thing in the universe, okay? I mean, you're the biggest factor. Though I cannot see you with my physical eyes, God, you're the biggest factor in my day. What's the biggest thing on my plate today? God, okay? How I respond to God, that's the biggest thing on my plate. More than my job, more than my yard, more than my house, more than my family. And the biggest thing in my life, the most critical issue in my life is God. How do I know that? Only by faith, okay? If I don't have faith, then... And there's a whole world of people that are doing this. I pretty much live as if he does not exist. Now you're saying, well, hold on, Pastor. I talk to most people. Most people say they believe in God. You know what? You can say you believe in God, and you can live your life like he does not exist. Okay? You don't consult him. You don't seek him. You don't pursue him. You don't believe him. You don't respond to him. You don't listen to him. You don't adjust your life. Okay? It's very possible to say that you believe in God and then live like he doesn't exist. And my friends, listen, living like God does not exist is a grievous sin. To, to, even if you're a good guy, okay, let's say you're a good guy, you got good works, you got good deeds, maybe you're even religious, you're just like Cain. Cain was, Cain was religious and he offered sacrifice to God. He came to the place of worship. Let's say you're a good guy, but, but you, don't, you don't live in the reality that God is the most important thing in your life, that He exists, that He's real. That the God of the universe who created all things is real. And, and, and He's here and He's present. And we, we've got to deal with Him. Okay, to not live like that is a grievous sin. Let me ask you this. How do you feel when you are treated as if you don't exist? Okay, so let's say, okay, there's a conversation of people around the donuts in Sunday school or there's a conversation around... Some of your small groups, the, the 29 course meal, okay, that, that, that is, is there and there's a conversation and people are, people are uh, let's say they're talking about basketball, okay, the final four, that's going on right now, so they're talking about basketball. And so you walk up, you hear what they're talking about and you kind of interject in the conversation. You know, you're like, oh, I think those Kentucky guys and you say whatever you're going to say and they kind of give a little looking at you and then they go right back and they never acknowledge you and they, and, and they don't. They don't acknowledge what you said and they don't include you in the conversation and they just act like you don't exist. Does that bother you? Okay, now let me tell you what's true. I don't want you to answer that, but let me tell you what's true. That bothers everybody in this room, okay? Okay, now the best case scenario in this room is over here and you're like, gosh, that kind of hurt my feelings. Well, oh well. Okay, that's the best case scenario. That goes all the way to over here. 
I am never coming back to that church again. Never ever. Every one of those people is damned and going to hell. They're all so mean and hypocrites. And I tell you what, I, I hate God and I hate everything. All right, that, that's the spectrum in that scenario, okay? It really is, okay? But it, listen, it bothers everybody. You know why? Because that's kind of insulting, isn't it? All right, now think about this. How much more? When you walk through your life and you don't acknowledge God, you don't look to Him, you don't seek Him, you don't talk to Him, you don't ask Him, you don't call out to Him, you don't pray to Him, you don't think about Him. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists. He exists. How much more with God? You know, in that scenario I created there, let's say I come up, talking about basketball, what do I know about basketball? Probably nothing. What does God know about life? Right? You see, the, 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 more, the more the person we ignore, the more they know, the bigger the factor they are, the more of an insult it is to ignore them, right? Let's, let's say we have a plumbing problem here at church. That happens, especially Wednesday night. Those kids, what they're flushing, I don't know. But we, man. Let's say we got water coming up everywhere, you know, just it's like looks like old faithful, just going everywhere out of the bathroom. Man, here I come, you know, here I come, and I got a little bucket, and I'm trying to catch all the water, you know, and and and, and here comes uh um here comes uh Teresa, and Teresa comes in and she's got a glass and she's trying to catch the water, you know, and we're over there and 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 here comes Jeff. You know, and Jeff's like, hey, guys, let me, and we're not listening. Get out of here, Jeff. We're trying to catch this water, you know. By the way, if you don't know, Jeff's a plumber, okay? So <laughs> Jeff's a plumber, right? And he's like, he's like guys, th- th- I, I, I got the solution here. We're like, Jeff, quit bothering us. We're trying to catch this water, you know. Right, that, that's even more insulting, isn't it? It's like, this is the one guy who could stop this. How much more in your life when you live and walk and without acknowledging God in all things? Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Forever would draw near to God must, number one, what? Believe that He exists. Number two, number two, here it is. This is a big one. And that He rewards those who seek Him. All right, now this strikes right at the character of God. Listen, people, what do you believe about God? What do you believe about Him? See, that's where faith comes in. I, I, I think a good definition of faith, I, I like to say this, is in the Bible, faith is, is believing that Jesus is who he says he is, is who the Bible says he is, and that he will do what he, what he said he will do. I, th- I think that's, that's a pretty good definition of faith. Well, what, what, did, what does the Bible say about Jesus? Well, it says he's the bread of life, okay? He's the bread of life. Bread, satisfy, keeps us alive, okay? Jesus is the bread of life. He's the fountain of living waters. He's the good shepherd. He he takes care of us like nobody else. He's the way and the truth and the life in in the sense that that in him is life, genuine, true life. He's the treasure with giving everything for. God told Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to make a covenant with you in Genesis 15, 1. And he says, I'm going to be your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Abraham, it's going to be me. Okay, that's what the Bible tells us about God. That's what it tells us about Jesus. And to believe that is to seek Him, okay? That's where faith comes in. If I believe that God is a rewarder of those who seek Him, if I believe that He never fails, 
That coming to him is always right. Coming to him is always rewarding. Coming to him, I always get what I need. Coming to him, he never lets me down. Man, to believe that is to please God because you know why? It's going to drive me to God. That's where I'm going to go. He rewards those who seek him. You know what? We could turn that around. Let's, Let's just flip that around, okay? What or who is it that you go to when you're in need? Okay, so you get sad, what do you go to? You, you start to despair, what do you go to? You need comfort, what do you go to? You need uh, joy, what do you go to? What do you go to? That's really what you believe in, isn't it? That's what you have faith in. So if your answer to that question is drugs and alcohol, man, whenever, whenever I get sad, whenever I struggle, whenever I, whatever, that's where I go. Well, you know why you go there? Because you're convinced, wrongly, but you're convinced that that's, that's, what, that's gonna be your God, that's what's gonna help you. Maybe you go to money. Maybe you go to your job. Maybe you go to a person. Maybe you go to self-pity. What is it? What is it that you go to? That, that really tells us what we believe. And so it makes sense that Hebrews eleven six 6 is saying that whoever, that have faith, have faith means that we believe that God exists and that he rewards those who seek him, that he is totally worth it. All right, we're not going to have time to talk about Abel. I wish we did, but we're not. We're going to move on to Noah next week. And so let me just mention Cain and Abel real quickly, okay? Just as a case study, all right? So real quick, you know the story of Cain and Abel. First two uh, children of uh, Adam and Eve, um, they both show up to offer a sacrifice at the same place at the same time. And you know what that tells me? They had some instruction, right? And that what that tells you? If two people show up at the same place at the same time and they both have an offering... What does that tell you? They had some instruction there, right? So what I believe there is is they had the word of God, right? And I'm pretty convinced of that. You know why? Because it says that Abel was a man of faith. How do you have faith without the word of God? Remember remember our scenario before? Faith demands you, you have the word of God, right? You hear the word, you believe the word, you act upon the word. And so they both offer a sacrifice. Abel's is is received, Cain's is rejected. Why? Well, because Abel's was offered in faith, Cain's was not. Abel heard the word of God, he believed the word of God, and he responded to the word of God. What did Cain do? Cain brought what he wanted. He brought what he wanted. Abel offered a blood sacrifice. Where did he get that idea? Just make it up in his head? No. God had done that before when he clothed Adam and Eve, right? God had taught them, your sin means something has to die. What was he doing? He's pointing us to Jesus already. Already in Genesis 3, Genesis 4, we're learning about Jesus. Okay? But Abel offered a sacrifice of faith. Abel said, God, I trust you. I trust you. I'm I'm going to do what you tell me to do, not what I want. What'd Cain do? Cain's, you know, Cain, here's Cain. Jude 11 says that there's a whole bunch of people that are just like Cain. And what does that mean? There's a whole bunch of murderers? I don't think that's what he's talking about. I think what he's talking about is a whole bunch of people that think I can get to God my own way. You, you met some of those folks? Man, I, maybe, I, man, you may be one here today. You, you got your own, here, I've, had, I've had at least 20 people say, tell me this in, in, in my lifetime. I've got my own deal with God, you know, my own deal. And, and man, I remember thinking that. I remember thinking that. I remember thinking, I'm not, I'm not doing what the Bible says, and I'm not doing what you know, my parents have told me is truth, but I got my own deal with God. Me and God, we understand each other. What, are we, what am I saying there? I'm going to offer to God what I want to offer to God. I'm going to get to God my own way. Friends, that doesn't work. The only thing that's acceptable to God is faith. 
And faith is hearing the Word of God, embracing, believing the Word of God, responding with your life to the Word of God. And we are going to see the next month, person after person who lived that way. And we're blessed. So the question for us today is, how, how, how are we going to leave this place today and be a person of faith? You know, let me, we're going to sing here in a second. But let me just, while we're singing, I want you to be thinking about something. In what area in your life are you not acting and living in faith? In what area are you not responding to the word? Are you not trusting God? Are you not treating God as the most important factor? What, what area in your life are you not convinced that God's a rewarder of those who seek him? You know, God, God's saying, live this way. And you're like, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm a, I don't think, no, I'm not doing that. Okay, you know what you just said? I don't think God will come through for me there. That won't be good for me. I don't believe that God's a rewarder in that area. I, I believe what I'm gonna do will bring better reward than what God tells me. What area in your life are you not trusting God? Let's pray. Father, help us uh, to be people of faith. God, help us to trust you. God, help us to come to you uh, just believing that you are who the Bible says you are and that you will do what the Bible says you will do. And God, that we can, we can see the unseen. We can be convinced of, of what's coming for us and the promises of God. We can even experience what we hope for by trusting you, believing you, embracing who you are. Father, help us be people of faith. In Jesus' name, amen.